Welcome to the Women of the West podcast, exploring the trials and bliss of women blazing trails for themselves through the Western way of life. Chelsea Stimson is the face behind American Feathers, a company she started after painting a feather in tribute to her late husband, Tyler Stimson. Listen in as we talk about Montana, the different faces of grief, and how she honors him by living. I apologize for the audio. We're both two gals living in Montana, so no promises on the cell service, and um, you can hear everything you need to hear, but it might not sound the best. So thank you all for listening in, and I really hope you enjoy this episode. Are you guys super cold yeah. in Bridger today? Uh, it's actually a nice day. Well, you know, in comparison to what it's been, it's like 27 right now. So, oh, oh my gosh, that's it's a heat nice. wave. Yeah. <laughs> How about you guys? What's it like in Bozeman? Um, we're in the teens still, but it's, there's sun out, okay. so I'm happy. We're supposed to get like yeah. three to five inches of snow tonight though. I know. And all week long, did you see that? Or is this looking at the news? So, well, yeah, one of my friends wants me to go see her in Helena. I'm like, I really want to come it, see you, but I'm not sure it's worth the four hours each way when this roads get really bad. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> uh, so. Yeah. Oh, gosh. How are you liking Bozeman? Oh, I love Bozeman in a way. I'm ready to be move on. I'm going to graduate in May. So I'm getting close to close to the nice. end of my time here, but it's been a good town for me. Nice. What are you studying? Oh, I'm studying agriculture education and animal science. Okay. Maybe you already told me that because that sounds familiar. Okay. Very cool. Maybe do I you know what you're going to do next? Um, <laughs> yes, but I, I'm going to graduate in May and I'm going to take a couple months and live out of my horse trailer with my horse and go ride across the U.S. and cool. look for a job while I'm on the road. So that's my next step. <laughs> Right on. That's awesome. That's yeah, awesome. but I'd love to run a 4-H program. I think is my oh okay my end goal. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, how long have you guys been in Bridger? How long have you been in Bridger? Uh, I've been in Bridger since 2015, but I okay. actually grew up outside of Billings. So, okay. I grew up here and then joined the Navy right out of high school and have been gone. Um, yeah, I guess it was 13 years. Uh-huh. So, so just I didn't plan on coming back. It just happened because we we're looking for a place <laughs> and we we're pretty much open to anywhere. And of all places, we ended up in Bridger for some reason. <laughs> so. It seems like a nice little, I mean, it's a quiet town, but you guys have the prior mm-hmm. mountains right there that are just yeah. beautiful. I love the, I love the place that we're at because we have the mountains on both sides you got wyoming it's great for that it is a really Mm -hmm. quiet town we don't really know anyone because we don't hang out at the bar so you know we know a few neighbors and stuff but um we know more people in red lodge and some of the um Uh some great people doing veterans retreats and stuff like that um so we know people but you know how it is well bozeman's probably a little bit different but it's all a little spread out here with socializing so yeah, you guys have, there's lots of like little towns around that area, but they don't really, they don't mix much. There's lots of ranch land in between. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And if you didn't grow up here, you know, it, I have, you know, some connections for that. I grew up in Warden. So, you okay. know, I've, everyone's related, 
you know, I'm not because we're transplants from Western Montana and my mom mm-hmm. in Idaho and then my dad's from North Dakota. So I don't have uh, relatives here, but uh-huh. everybody else is related that grew up here. So <laughs> everyone knows somebody and um, yeah. So you got to giggle when there's like Montana. four last. Yeah, there's like four last names in town. You can track everybody mm-hmm. to who they know and who they're from. <laughs> Pretty much. And all of those, you know, four last names are somehow now related and have intermarried. And yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. But Bozeman's pretty cool. We like going over there when we can. Yeah. It's got, you know, if you want to get out of the small town, it's got good food and, you know, there's tons mm-hmm. of shopping and you get a little bit of city life being in Montana. So. Mm hmm. Mhm. So do you what do you do full time? I know you have American feathers, but mm-hmm. what's your life look like? <laughs> well, that's really has taken over my life. That's it. Like I paint feathers almost 7 days a week. Um yeah, so that's become a, a big thing, but mm-hmm. and I did not expect that, of course. But in addition to that, you know, we try to take a day where we go out and uh, get out at least once a day, you know, to the priors, to the, to the bear tooth, um, try to get the horses out as much as possible. Mm-hmm. So we're kind of on a small ranch acreage here and uh, on the side of a hill. <laughs> so it's not real conducive to animals, but we've made it work. Um, it's just <laughs> a great spot. So yeah, and we've been here for about three years kind of working on that but really to be honest american feathers is what i do more than full-time it mm-hmm. takes me well and you probably know doing leather work how much work it is um just making anything and practicing and you know things don't always turn out the way they're supposed to um <laughs> <laughs> of course but mm-hmm. yeah it, it's grown so much um and it's pretty much just me and my fiance, Ryan, helps me with messages now, thankfully, because it's hard to keep <laughs> up with it. So, uh-huh. um, so that's basically what I'm doing right now. So, I, and especially wintertime, you know, it's easy to be inside a lot more and to just uh, be painting. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm doing. Um, I just recently, yeah, I love your feathers. Yeah. They're so like crisp. I'm always oh, amazed thanks. how crisp your lines are and things. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was just going to post an old picture of like the very first ones. Um, and they don't look anything like this. So <laughs> it's definitely been an evolution of learning and, and testing and experimenting to get them to look the way they do now. Um, you know, the first time I made them, I didn't expect anyone would see them. So mm-hmm. I just kind of, you know, unless you came to my house. So I just, you know, started painting on a feather and now I have all mm-hmm. kinds of, uh, you know, things I do to prep them and different kind of paint that I use and tools, you know, just like with leather, you know, it's, you have to know the tools and, you know, when you're painting it, you have different preference for different kind of paint and different kind of leather. It's the same thing with feathers. It's all been... Uh, a learning curve and I don't really have anyone to look to 
you know, that's done it. So I've just had to try a bunch of things. I was going to say that too, just because I I get so confused. I look to the Facebook a lot for like, what the heck did I do wrong here? And everyone has a different opinion. You know, even if you have a hundred people who are excellent leather worker or if, you know, anything, they all do it differently. So you got to figure out what works for you and it's not always what works for somebody else who <laughs> claims to do it the same way. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that, that's got to be, that's an interesting thing. Just looking at it. Like when you want to do something and there's so many people doing it, or you at least have some examples, of course you want to ask them, you know, for their tips and tricks, but there is some freedom and not having that pressure or not having examples. Cause you just, you know, have to go try everything. Um, Mm-hmm. And that, I mean, I've painted probably thousands of others at this point. So that helps too. <laughs> so you just kind of started it for, you made it sound like you just kind of started it for yourself. How did it transform? I like your mm-hmm. hashtag, the story behind the feather. <laughs> I love Yes, <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. Right. Oh, I'm so, yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Um, so I started painting them. Well, I painted one. It was a large feather and I painted it to go with my late husband's shadow box. His name's mm-hmm. Tyler Simpson. He was a Navy SEAL. And, um, my fiance had been hunting and, uh, I told him not to throw the feathers away because I was going to do something with them. And I didn't know what. And eventually, uh, that's what I was inspired to do. I was like, you know, I'll take this big feather and, um, I'll, put it with his shadow box, like as a display and I'll paint an American flag on it. And, uh, a neighbor came by that we had just started to get to know. Cause this was pretty soon after we moved back to Montana and, uh, he saw the feather on the counter and he asked about it and we ended up having a whole conversation about it. And I told him about Tyler and, um, you know, we discussed like our military service with them and it turned out he was a Vietnam veteran. And then, you know, we got to learn about his service and then we, um, got to learn about his wife too. She shared that she had lost her husband at a young age, her first husband before she met him. And it just was a conversation starter, but it also, it just opened up communication in a more personal way that I think usually happens. So that was kind of the catalyst of me understanding what they really were and why I was led to paint that first one. And I didn't understand it completely at the time, but now today I think it's really started to manifest into you know, exactly that it's, and that's why I use the hashtag, the story behind the feather, because what it did and what I, you know, wanted it to be was a way for me to share Tyler's memory and be able to share my story. Um, but it, but what I learned is that when you do that, you open up communication and allow other people to share their story and their loved one's memory. And I know how important that is to have the opportunity to say their name and to be able to share their memory, especially as years go by, um, you know, you don't get the opportunity to do that often. And, um, the feathers have developed into that and, and, and further into all kinds of stories of basically overcoming is the way I like to look at it. Cause I don't want it to be a sad thing. I want it that's why I say honor them by living too. And that's been one of my biggest lessons um, and my biggest struggles in the beginning um, was to decide, you know, how I was going to go forward. And 
and I eventually was led to choose Andre and Tyler by living. And uh, so that's a really important thing for me to be able to share along with American Feathers when someone asks me about it. Yeah, and I, I can see how that... It's an, not an awkward subject, but it's such an intimate subject to bring up mm-hmm. to someone without like a, a prompt, maybe. But right. Yeah. yeah. It's been really touching to see all the feathers that you paint for others. You know, like I see how many feathers you paint. I'm like, man, that's so many stories, but there's so many stories that, you know, that don't have feathers. It makes you kind of think about how many people mm-hmm. are affected by loss and serving sure. and, you know, everything that goes with it. Sure. Yeah. And that's where it's led. You know, it's been amazing for me to, and it's a great lesson every time in perspective, you know, and we, we can really get caught up in our own lives and what's happening and our own challenges. And it doesn't take anything away from our own difficulties, but it, it sure does help with perspective when you look around and realize that everyone's got stories and challenges. Um, and not just that, but there's people that have made it through whatever you're facing, you know, and they have some wisdom learned from that experience and, or at least, you know, can give some hope by showing, you know, what it looks like on the other side of whatever you're going through. And that's, I think so powerful. And I think also what I really love about them is, in the stories, being able to share that, or just, you know, I'm very privileged to get the chance to hear everyone's stories because not all of the stories get shared like publicly, you know, through American feathers. Mm-hmm. Some people um, aren't comfortable doing it, but it brings a lot of connection and it just makes everyone realize how much more we have in common that we just don't speak about. You know, it's easy to say to get focused on divisive, you know, topics and things that we don't have in common, but the basic human experience, uh, is is very much the same, you know, in a lot of ways. I mean, it's different, but we all have, you know, the same trajectory, I guess. And it's interesting when you think about, uh, these are things I think about that definitely make people uncomfortable, <laughs> like death and <laughs> our, our mortality. And, you know, we're, we're all going to end up in the same place, you know? So, um, when you realize that, or you have an encounter with that or see, are, are really aware of it, it changes the way you live. And I think that's important too, to share these stories for that, to bring that awareness a little bit more to people's minds, you know, time is limited and you don't know when it's going to end, or you don't know what challenges you're going to face in terms of illnesses and all kinds of things, all kinds of challenges. You know, the stories are not just about loss that I hear. I I hear, um, from breast cancer survivors, um, people that have been in accidents and, you know, have lost the use of their legs, but they're still going on with their life, trying to find their way through and finding their purpose and meeting and paying it forward in, you know, sharing those stories and what they've learned with people. That's, And I think we just need, we can't get enough of that, I think, in the world. So it's been pretty amazing to see that evolve, I guess, from the first feather. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's that's the most magical thing when you connect with someone who you don't know and even, you know, over something so little, but having that just like second of connection is so meaningful. I think Mm -hmm. that's a good word for it. Absolutely. Yeah, and that's I, what connect. 
Go ahead. <laughs> oh, I was going to say, that's real connection, right? When it's meaningful and vulnerable and it's something a little bit personal. I mean, you're not, you don't have to put everything out on the table, but you just know something a little bit more about someone and gives you a different context of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I was going to say, I, I read your, your random acts of kindness post that, that was just yesterday, wasn't it? For mm-hmm. Tyler's yeah. birthday. Yes. Oh, yeah. I thought that was so sweet that you do things like that to, you know, put some more good out into the world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, yeah. <laughs> and I have to say, like, it's not, <laughs> I will take all the praise like you, but it's really coping mechanisms. All of this has been healing coping mechanisms that I was just looking for to deal with grief and try to figure out how to keep going through life and find meaning, you know, when you're in a dark place or your whole life has changed or you've lost everything. Like most of us, I feel like have, will probably at some time at least hit some point in time where we have to completely start over and feel really lost in our adult life. And, um, and that's, I guess that's what I was trying to figure out how to keep going forward. And the random acts of kindness on Tyler's birthday on February 22nd was a way, you know, to try to celebrate his life in that day, because all of those days can become, um, a real grief roller coaster, um, especially early on. So I was trying to find a way to bring, you know, some light into that and to celebrate and to share his memory with people too. So if I looked for opportunities and sometimes it's just, you know, holding a door or smiling, but you know, some things that we did yesterday, I like to hide gift certificates in some of his favorite books at Barnes and Noble. We used to go to Barnes and Noble all the time after we'd go to dinner. Um, especially like when I was in college and I had to study, but we'd go there and, and hang out and, um, so that was kind of our place. And so, and he really loved reading. Um, and so I'd go put some gift certificates and books there just to hide them. And sometimes in books that I like too, because how fun would that be if you're picking up a book you want to read and, you know, now it's free because someone put a gift certificate in there and now they get introduced <laughs> to Tyler's memory. You know, if they re- if they go read what I wrote on there or look up the hashtag broke for Tyler, you know, they can learn mm-hmm. a little bit about him. And it's just a way for me to make sure he's never forgotten. and. It's healing when you serve other people or you do random acts of kind kindness for people. It's healing in both ways. It's healing for that person that just received kindness for no reason. And there's nothing that they can do to repay it. You know, so something you have to accept that someone did something kind for you, which I, which I think is really special. There's no need for reciprocating, um, but it's very healing mm-hmm. on the other end too, knowing that they can't, you're not going to be repaid for that. You know, there's no kind of exchange. You're just being, you're just doing it to do it, to serve someone else. Yeah. And that's, that's a really hard thing to do. I find that someone does something nice for me and you got to one up them. You got to send them a card. You got to say thank you a hundred times. Right. Yeah. Well, typically that's how it works. Yeah. That's how it works. There's always something attached to it. Or even if there's not, like we feel the need to, right. So, Mm -hmm. um, that's kind of the idea about it. It certainly didn't, you know, random acts of kindness certainly didn't start with me by any means, but I just wanted mm-hmm. to apply it to Tyler's birthday um, to try to celebrate. So yeah, it's been really special to see other people participate. Um, I get a lot of messages from people just doing little things and if nothing else, it just brings some awareness to people 
you know, think about it throughout your day and look for those opportunities to just be kind to someone, even if it's not, you know, a gift certificate, it's just holding a door. Or for me, like personally, where this also came from was when I finally left the house after Tyler died. Uh, I just felt very alone, even though I had a lot of friends there. But when you go out in the world again, knowing, you know, that person that was like the other half of you is gone. It's just a very lonely experience for a long time. And this is hard, you know, like I would go to like our favorite breakfast place and now I was going to go alone, which I had done because he'd been on deployment, of course, but it was a different thing. Like he would never mm-hmm. go with me there again. And then you'd be facing memories and, and knowing that and uh, someone being kind to me, just holding a door or smiling um, or having a conversation could just really change the whole day or at least that experience. And so it made me really aware. You just don't know what someone's going through. And just when you feel led, which I think we've all been in those moments where you just feel led to like speak to someone or, you know, just say hello, you know, follow those, those feelings. Cause you just never know what someone's going through. Mm-hmm. And there's no pressure. I think it can be really hard to be a friend trying to support someone. And it, it's really mm-hmm. hard to admit, I don't know what the heck to do to help you, but if you need it, I'm here, <laughs> you know, it's, yes. yeah. it's the little things that there's no pressure. It's not, you know, you almost feel What's the word? You want to reach out to people you know are in pain, but it can almost be daunting to them, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Even for me, mm-hmm. it is. Because you think like, oh, what's the mm-hmm. right thing to say? You know, I don't want to say the wrong thing or I just have no idea what to say. But you're right. That's really the mm-hmm. best thing. Like, I don't know what to do for you. And I'm just sorry that you're going through this and I'm here for you, you know? And sometimes there's tangible mm-hmm. things we can do. But, you know, grief is, you know, the best thing for me in that experience was just to have people say that. And, you know, people showed up in the beginning, um, of course, you know, right after he passed and was helping with all kinds of things. But eventually it was just on me. It was on me to go through the grief, you know, and the only thing anyone could do is just be there with me, you know, or show up sometimes or be a listening ear. There really wasn't anything to do because death is final, you know, you can bring Tyler back and that's really the only solution. So besides that, it was just having to go through the grief and and me actually having to face it and, and, uh, you know, process it. But having support makes a huge difference just knowing people are there. So I think you're absolutely right. That's, that's it. It's very simple a lot of times, but it can seem very daunting or uncomfortable for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it seems like your current fiance is very supportive and involved. Did you say you both mm-hmm. went and put yes. Borders yep. or was it Barnes and Noble? I'm not sure what you're open Noble. anymore. <laughs> no, I don't know if Borders <laughs> is still around. <laughs> um, yeah, I went to Barnes and Noble. Um, yes. So his name is Ryan. He's also a former Navy SEAL, which was just an accident. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, you know, and that's, uh, an interesting conversation too, for everyone, of course, like going forward as like a young widow or a widow at any age, like just dating mm-hmm. again or meeting someone and everyone does things a little bit differently. 
Um, but for me, like right off the bat, like I knew whoever, if it was going to be that I would ever be with again, would have to be understanding, you know, and there's a lot of different ways that can go. Um, but he has actually experienced a lot of loss in his life. He lost his mom to breast cancer at a very young age when he was 20, right before he was going on deployment. And um, so he just had a very good understanding of what I was going through. And, um, you know, it's a different relationship. But, you know, in someone's past, what we just always say is like, you know, I wouldn't expect you never to talk about your mom, you know, and it's, Mm -hmm. it's just that kind of thing. So he's very supportive and I'm supportive anyway. He doesn't quite, um, you know, express himself in the same way that I do in terms of, Mm -hmm. you know, grieving or remembering them, but he's very supportive. And of course, you know, they're both in the same military community. So there's that connection as well. So there's just a lot of understanding there. So, and the, in support, which is a very special thing. I know it can be a challenging thing for some people after losing someone and getting into a relationship, especially for the person that they're in their relationship with. Sometimes um, it's hard for them to understand, you know, why, why you might want to still talk about them and, and things uh-huh. like that. Yeah, I can't imagine, but he looks like a pretty fun guy. That's my favorite part of this is I get to really do some heavy Instagram stalking on people I get to interview. <laughs> <laughs> I know a little bit about them before I get on the Oh, phone. yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he is fun. He, oh, my gosh. Yes. So he makes me laugh a lot. And, uh, you know, he he's very honest. So that helps, too. Sometimes he's too honest, but it's all right (laughs) (laughs) better that than the other i guess right (laughs) right yeah yes i'm grown to have the appreciation of it for sure so he's 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 very straightforward person which is great and that was good for me too uh you know it's just been a good match we balance each other out well we have a lot in common but we have a few things that complement each other and and i learn a lot from him and I think he learns a lot from me. I don't know. I've been trying. I've been trying to teach him. But you know how that goes. Yeah. <laughs> you guys like each other if you live in the middle of nowhere, Montana. <laughs> right. Yeah. No kidding. That'll test you. If you don't have a whole lot going, you better like your your company if you're out here and, and like doing similar things. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like your guys' cross-country ski adventures. I've been trying to get into it, but... Yes! Oh, really? Do you have skis? I do, but I have this intense fear of embarrassing myself in public, so I just end up going in horse pastures (laughs) and driveways (laughs) and wherever I can. I just... (laughs) (laughs) Splitting the horses while I make laps around the field. Well, that's, I mean, wherever you want to go is great, but it is kind of fun to go on the groom trails too. But of course, the first time we went, I'm not sure if you saw, I think it was on my stories on my Instagram, on my personal page. So I was doing great. I was like so proud of myself because it's been so long since I had skied and we had just got our skis and we're out for the first time and we went up this big hill and I made it, which was kind of, you know, difficult and sketchy because you're trying not to go backwards climbing up this big hill. 
So I knew we're going to come down somewhere (laughs) and he takes the right side, which is groomed. And I end up in the, on the left side and I start going faster than him. And there's the groove, um, ski tracks on the left side and they sucked me in. And pretty soon I was going like mock speed and (laughs) it was not going to end well. And it didn't, I flew, I was like, okay, I'm going to slow myself down somehow. And I ended up going to the left into some just snow off of the groom trail. And I just ate it. And there's a lady coming up the trail. She got to see the whole thing, but luckily it was, it was mostly soft snow. So it was okay. Um, but yeah, so it's okay. You can embarrass yourself. It's fine. I just flew, (laughs) flew off and it was going back down to the cabin where everyone, you know, starts and parks, you know, so they all had a good view of me flying off into the (laughs) snowbank. But it's fun. It's it's great. I made myself go on a, there's groom trails in Bozeman. So if you ever come to Bozeman, Oh, Don't listen to this okay. story and bring your skis because they have an excellent <laughs> route around the hospital. Perfect, right? You injure yourself oh, right. you're in their parking lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I like Googled it and I was all prepped and I was like, oh, I've skied like 10 times. This will be great. I'll just go. And mm-hmm. I get to the first hill and I took my skis off and I walked down it. <laughs> I put my skis back on and started going <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you could do that too. <laughs> There's this like older couple, and the guy is teaching his wife or his, I don't know, this gal is ski. They're probably in their 60s. And he was like, mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, young lady, please go ahead of us. And I was like, Sir, I don't know what I'm doing. If you could show her how to do it, I will just watch you two and we will go <laughs> from there. <laughs> <laughs> And there's some like really, you know, there's the rats on the right side and I put my feet in there and I'm quaking in my little boots by myself. And I finally went down a hill. And by the time I made it to the bottom, I was crying because I was so scared that I knew I had to go up it to get home and back down it to get back to the parking lot. <laughs> well, that's awesome. That so you day, made it and you didn't crash. I didn't crash, but I was trying to, you know, I don't know what I'm doing. So I was trying to break myself with my ski poles, like e-brake. Not a great idea. God just yeah, designed it to be relaxing to go around the horse pasture these days. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you have enough snow, I wish we had enough snow. We would do that. I'll tell you what, though. So after we went this last time, I finally was like, I need to look at YouTube and figure this out because I need to be Mm -hmm. able to go down that hill. And um, I realized so they like tell you how to break. So, of course, you know, if you've done downhill skiing, you do the the pizza. But, you know, there's some Uh other ways you can slow yourself down, too. They're like, yeah, don't use your poles because it's going to go to the bad place if you try to stop yourself with the poles. I was like, oh, yeah, good point. Because I was trying to do the same thing, too, like drag myself (laughs) back. Not a good idea. (laughs) all right i'll send it to you <laughs> they tell you exactly how to break and especially over the tracks you put one ski out so you have like half a pizza you've got your left ski in the track and your right ski like half a pizza i was like oh okay but let's be real by the time i was going mock speed like i wasn't lifting a ski out or doing anything like that it was just whatever happened happened my skis had control yes (laughs) (laughs) it was too late (laughs) is there anything else you want to talk about I mean 
we've covered a lot. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a lot of stuff. I mean, that was our date day. So I guess that's something that we talk about a little bit. So we're out here and we work all, you know, probably seven days a week typically. So that's what we started doing the date days because, um, one, like we moved out here just because we had a similar, you know, mindset about living the life that you want to live. Um, and not, you know, we've both had a lot of loss and, when we chose to decide to move out into a place that we'd like, when we found this place, um, you know, we wanted to make sure that we kept doing the things um, that were the reason we moved out here in the first place, which is, you know, going out mm-hmm. into the outdoors, riding horses, you know, cross country skiing, if we've got to find something to do in the winter time. So we actually set a whole day aside instead of doing like a date night, because we would rather be outside doing something together than just going to dinner. Although don't get me wrong, especially out here, we love to actually get to a restaurant once in a while. Um, but <laughs> so sometimes that becomes part of the date day, but so that's what we try to do. Like we pick it one day a week. Cause that's the only way it happens. And we have to schedule it. And right now it's Fridays and we go out and go do something. And we try to plan it the day before and um, go do something outside together. Sometimes it's just a road trip to down to Cody and go see a bunch of animals and get outside for a little while and take the dogs. Sometimes going up, seeing the Mustangs, going for a hike, uh, taking the horses up in the mountains in the summertime. And right now it's the skiing. Cause we were like, we got to find something that we can do, you know, when it's this cold and, um, it's been great. So I really encourage people to do something like that. You know, it's hard today for a lot of people with their schedules, you know, and just life gets busy. And then all of a sudden you realize like you've been in this rut for however long you're not fulfilled or you are detached from your partner. And so I've heard a lot of people talking about date nights. Um, but I think date day is a, is a great idea if you can make it work for you and like go do something together and have that experience and just creating memories when you do it once a week, that's huge. When you think about the end of the year, you know, of getting out of the house and how many experiences, how many places and memories you've made, if you make that a priority and we've been really happy Mm -hmm. with it. That's a great idea. So yeah, I think you work from home. I do. I do. Yep. yep. Let's talk about that. Cause that, I just, when I am home, I just want to drink tea and I'm like, Oh, I could do some (laughs) other work, but I want to do all these other things (laughs) that home requires, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. how do you deal with that when you have all these home distractions, but it's also your place of work. Uh, well, my house is a mess is probably number one. <laughs> like some things lose priority for sure. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I eventually I used to do this like upstairs in our like kitchen. I had just feathers everywhere and paint everywhere. And um, eventually moved downstairs into a little room that's become my studio that has a window. So I have some good natural light. And that's helped. So I go down here and I work. Um, and with the website that I use for orders, you know, it kind of depends on how you do things too, like, and what your demand is at the time. Like it's, it was easier for me when I was, you know, not when I didn't have so many orders, you know, and I was still trying to grow and sh- and share stuff like, well, if I don't have orders, like I'm going to go outside, especially in the summertime. Um, mm-hmm. but right now it's just like a constant trying to catch up and limiting orders. So 
really, it's like now the balance is trying to get out of the studio and make sure I'm not down here for 12 hours a day for (laughs) however many days, you know? So Mm -hmm. and being focused is hard, but you know, that's, that's one of my best advice. I probably would say it was like, designate a space where like people can't get to you where there's no distractions. I like my phone because I take pictures and I'll update Instagram and I listen to podcasts. So mm-hmm. that's basically it. I don't have a TV. I don't have a radio down here. Um, and that's basically it. So it's just like you go into your focused, your focused place, which helps the more you do it, I think. Um mm-hmm. But I also find getting out and going and doing the things you like. Well, if you are just like, can't, and I get to those places too, where you're like, I don't know, I'm just going to keep messing up these feathers and I can't focus. Like I need to go do something else. And sometimes you just have to go do that. And date days have been really great for that too, because I always come back like inspired or with new ideas or just refreshed, you know, go do something that refuels you and refreshes you. Even though this is supposed to be one of those things, right? If you're, if you're led to creating an art, you know, it's an outlet in that way, but sometimes, you know, you got to find another place or do something completely different to come back and be able to keep at it. Mm -hmm. So if somebody wants to order a feather from you, how do they do that? They can go to www.originalamericanfeathers.com. That's where they're for sale. Um, and that's the only place I do it so I can track my orders and whatnot. But you can also go to Instagram and Facebook and find American Feathers as well. All right. Well, thank you so much, Chelsea, for talking with me today. I really appreciate it. And this has been awesome. So well, thank you for having me. I've had a great time talking with you. Yeah, and I'll call you if I'm ever in Bridger. Let's go ride. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We might have to come over to Bozeman and go try those trails, too, with the skis. Heck, yeah. Heck yeah. All right. So, well, enjoy your nice weather while you got it. And have a good I will. <laughs> all right. Thanks, Lee. Thank you all for listening. I'm feeling pretty lucky that I got to sit down with Chelsea and have such a great conversation. You can find her on Instagram at American Feathers.